Welcome to Bloodbath, a true crime podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jamie. Wait, Ash, did you just say true crime? I did. So if I don't want to hear scary stories that maybe our listeners have sent in to us that we call bath bombs that talk about ghosts and shit, then this is the podcast for me. <laughs> I say stick around. Open up your horizons a little bit. Feel it out. You might love it. <laughs> yes, except ghosts aren't real, so it's fine. It's not going to be scary okay. at all. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, that'll be your blanket trigger warning for this episode. We are doing a bath bomb, and we're reading the stories that you guys send to us. Uh, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. It's time for the show. back okay i got a space hey ash you want to start us off i do and i want to start off with one of our like she's not an og beaver but she, i feel like she is now okay because we talk to her like every day <laughs> and it's amanda de bear and it starts sure. off with hey bitches first <laughs> i want to start out with saying how much i love your podcast you ladies keep me company while at work definitely makes my day go by quicker Hmm. I wanted to send in my stories that I have. Two of them aren't as long as the other, so I apologize now for the length. Yeah, just side note, we have a thing like four stories from her, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Amanda. Yes, you may use my name, and I live in Nebraska. When I was young, I was a victim of sexual abuse and rape by my then stepfather. It began when I was 11 and continued through the age of 17. The reason I mention this is because it leads into the first paranormal experience. When I was when I was, I believe, a sophomore in high school, my family and I moved into my mother's dream house. At this point, the abuse I suffered had been going on for four years. My brother had their room downstairs on the main floor of the house, right down the hall from my mom and stepfather. If you went up the stairs and down the hall, my sister's room would be on the left and mine on the right. My mom looked like a typical teenage girl room of the early 2000s, Pictures of my celebrity crushes all over the walls, a five-disc stereo on, on one wall, clothes all over the place, etc. The when bedroom we, we all the had. House, <laughs> I know, right? Or dreamed of, at least. <laughs> when we moved into the house, I always felt as though we weren't alone. You see, I have always been sensitive to the other side, to the other side of the veil. I am able to see and speak with those that have passed on. This feeling was even stronger when I walked into my bedroom. I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary at first. That was until one night when I had cried myself to sleep because of what I had just gone through. Before I went to bed, I had made sure that the closet door was shut. Out of habit, I got used to looking inside before closing the door. Around midnight, I had woke up and my eyes instantly went to my closet. When my eyes adjusted in the dark, I had seen that the door was now slightly ajar. I knew I had closed the door sec securely, so the door now being slightly ajar was odd. I didn't think much of it when I got up out of bed and closed and closed the door. The next morning, I looked over at the door and ajar again. Instead of questioning it, I simply got dressed, closed the door, and went about my day. At night, the same thing happened, except this time the door was completely open and standing there at the foot of my bed was a man. No. This man didn't look like the ghost or spirit you would see in the movies. No, instead this man looked like he was of flesh and blood. Aside from the fact that I could see right through him. 
That night, he had sat on my bed and stroked my hair until I fell back to sleep. I felt calm, relaxed, and safe. Later on, I found out his name was Jacob when he was alive. Um, how, how do you learn, learn one's name? Learn a ghost's name? How do, how do? Oh, yeah, I want to, I want to know that too. <laughs> so, Jacob was say by my side <laughs> and protect me the best he could by bringing, by being a spirit. I was devastated when he moved into the next world. I still think about him regularly. If it wasn't for him, I may have ended my life because of the abuse I was suffering. I'm happy you're still here. Yeah, Leo. definitely. And thanks to Jacob as well. Apparently yeah, definitely. Creepy guardian <laughs> angel or something. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> hey, we all need a little bit of creepy in us, okay? I the next tale I have to... T- what? The hair stroking, I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> Maybe it's supposed to be endearing. Not for you. Everyone Not has their me. cup of tea. <laughs> the next tale I have for you happened when I was working security where my now fiance works. This one isn't as long as the first. I worked security for about 10 months. I worked Saturday through Wednesday. One night, I was working and saw something out of the corner of my eye. When I looked up, I saw her. Transparent, but she was there. She was in a long, flowy dress and never said a word. She simply just looked at me with sad eyes, then turned and, quote, walked down the hall, seeming to just disappear. From that day on until my last day, I always felt like she was watching me. Never speaking, just watching. Love it. My final story of the night happened when I was in college. I was living with my grandparents, and one night my aunt had decided we were going to have pizza for dinner. I was going to suggest taking my car, but I had a strong feeling that I shouldn't. So my aunt and I got into her mountaineer and headed down the street. We were about five blocks away when it happened. I was talking to my aunt when time seemed to slow down. I saw the trees on my right just disappear. I saw another car coming down the road. The other vehicle was going faster than 25 miles an hour. Next thing I knew, the trees were back and I was telling my aunt, quote, we're going to be hit. I I no sooner got the word hit out of my mouth when the other car slammed right into us causing us to flip several times and slide down the street a ways. This was the first premonition I ever had, and it wouldn't be the last. I hope my stories that I... I have my... Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I have more stories that I will happily share with you if you'd like, but I thought I would start with these three. Again, I apologize for the length, but I hope you enjoy these stories. Love you, bitches. Keep up the great work. Chat soon. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Thank you. Wow. But we were DMing and I told her, I was like, yeah, I know you already sent one, but send them on in. <laughs> yeah, send them all. That's cool, I guess. That's kind of scary to have those kind of premonitions. I mean, would you want that? I feel like a lot of people have them. Like, I, I don't know if I had it or not because I don't know what the outcome would have been. But it was when I was going to be going to Fresno from Lemoore to, like, mm-hmm. the Christmas lights with some people from Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And... Had I was dressed up, had toe Christmas, makeup done Christmas, like I was ready. They get there and this, I just hit a wall and I was like, I shouldn't go. There's like, there was no positive feelings. Something was going to happen mm-hmm. and I let them know. And then after that, they stopped being my friend, but whatever. <laughs> so you don't know if anything happened or not though? Nothing happened to them that I know of, but I they didn't really talk to me afterwards. That's maybe they would have been. Maybe they were gonna like shitty. Slender Man kill me. I'm just there kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See, I only get I get dreams, but it's like 
sitting in traffic. And then I'll, mm-hmm. it'll happen three weeks later. And I'm like, cool. Okay. Glad <laughs> that was fucking useful. <laughs> like, great. That does me no good. All right. Well, our next story comes from my good friend, Kenny. And uh, he wanted to tell me about all the ghost encounters that he's had. My first ghost encounter was in the seventh grade. We just moved into our remodeled house, and I was home alone. I was playing video games in my room when I heard someone playing billiards upstairs. I distinctively heard the break of the balls and thought to myself, my parents must have come home early, and went to run upstairs. About three quarters of the way up, I could see that there was no one upstairs, and the cover to the pool table was still on. I ran back downstairs and spent the rest of my night sitting in my bed until I heard the front door open and my parents walk in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Scary. My second ghost encounter was my junior year of high school. We took a family trip to Peru to visit family and sightsee. While we were there, one of our aunts gave each of my family members a homemade beanie, gloves, and socks. It was a nice gift and I wore each every now and then. Eventually, they ended up at the bottom of my sock drawer and forgotten about. That is, until one night, when I was having trouble sleeping. Throughout the whole night, I was tossing and turning. I finally was able to get some sleep until I felt something gently grab my ankles. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Oh, I have chills. I immediately woke up but couldn't move. My legs were slowly pulled off the side of the bed as I struggled to move. Ah, Goosebumps. (laughs) When I was finally able to move, I sat up and looked down at my legs and saw a little girl in my beanie and gloves from Peru, holding onto my ankles. I couldn't see definite facial features, but I saw a smile. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I have fucking goosebumps. Oh, jeez. That one's scary. <clears throat> oh, they won't go away. Fuck. I just shaved. <laughs> You're making my hair grow back. <laughs> All right. My third ghost encounter was my, was my the summer of sophomore year of college. Nice job. (laughs) (laughs) This wasn't as intense. I was up late playing video games. It was probably around two or three. My mom had a habit of coming downstairs and checking on us if she heard any noises. Typical mother stuff. My desk was against the same wall as my door, so I can see if anyone comes in. I don't like my back to doors. Out of the corner of my eye, I see my mom peek around the corner in her pink pajamas, unmistakable. Fifteen minutes later, she came into my room again, but was wearing gray pajamas. I asked if she was down here fifteen minutes ago, but she said she had just woken up. Skinwalker. <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's so creepy. I will nope right out of there. Yeah. Oh, are you looking forward to uh, Jordan Peele's new movie? Oh, I just saw it. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, we went the other night. The whole family did. Nope. <laughs> nope. That's my favorite part whenever he says it. <laughs> just the way he says it. Nope. Nope. Just no. <laughs> I really liked it. it. It's definitely number three out of my Jordan Peele movies. I really like Us. Get Out was number one. Yeah. But Us is number one because I was actually scared for a few days. Because the thought of that is absolutely terrifying i don't want to give anything away i feel like i'm gonna be scared for the next few days because the little girl from peru oh i know right grabbing (laughs) your legs and moving them no thank you the definition of keeping your ankles inside your your feet inside (laughs) your blankets but why 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 would why me like wrapping around my 25 pound weighted blanket like try lifting this you bitch (laughs) 
fucking touching my ankles. That's how you stay safe. Weighted blankets. I will roundhouse kick a ghost so quick. I don't care fucking how old you are. <laughs> I come in kicking. <laughs> All right. I have another one from Amanda. You have another one from Amanda, too. So this one says, okay, ladies, I swear this is my last email. And this was the last one. But you have one more from before that. So Yes. yes. There you go. <laughs> and no, you're not being annoying. It says, I'm not... I hope I'm not being annoying. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) The first one I want to share happened the night before my Nana passed away. She passed away nine years ago on April 12th. I had spent the entire week listening to her pass away. I spent that entire week listening to her pass away. Oh, she held on until Friday. Sorry, I was just making sure I was reading that correctly. (laughs) Been there, done that with my mom. Like, I understand. (laughs) I was living with my grandparents at the time. My grandfather and grandmother had been married for 50 years at this point, and my grandfather and I were making sure my Nana was as comfortable as she could be before she passed. That night of the 11th, everyone had gone to bed, and I had just walked down into the basement, where I slept at the time, same, and was getting ready for bed. I had just pulled my nightshirt on when I saw an an odd glow coming from behind me. When I turned around, I saw my great-grandma and my uncle sitting on the foot of my bed. Both of them had passed away a few years a few years prior to my Nana passing. I just stood there and stared at them. Somehow, I knew they were there to take my Nana home with them. Oh, my heart. Now, I'm not a Christian by any means, but my entire family is. My great-grandma and uncle sat there for a couple of minutes, smiled, nodded their heads as if to tell me my Nana was going to be okay, then left. The next night, around 7.30, my Nana passed on. That night, I went to my boyfriend's, now fiancé's, house and drank a half a bottle of wine before turning in for the night. That night, my my nana visited me in my dreams. She told me that she's doing just fine and that she's going to be okay. She gave me a smile and a hug, then left. I woke up the following morning feeling refreshed and knowing that my nana was healthier and not in pain anymore. Hmm. You had a similar dream like that, didn't you? I had the same thing, yeah. So when when my dad passed... I mean, it was like a week later because he waited till I was by myself because yeah. I was like with my mom and whatnot. And I finally got back to my room and then he came to me in my dreams that he grabbed my shoulders and he said, mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I the woke fuck? Up my mom crying. would have done that. <laughs> like, Thanks, mom. I woke no, up she was, crying. She was ready. She, your mom's like, I'm out. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm out. Bye. Well, she did wait for me to leave Indiana, though. So, like, I get the whole kind of listening to them die the entire time you know mm-hmm. so yeah sometimes to be like that and then the next one i have for her is next up is a bit of a doozy Uh-oh. now that's the start of that i like <laughs> <laughs> a few months ago i was working in a medical facility that'll do it <laughs> <laughs> the day was going normally for the first part of my shift i don't remember the exact time of day this happened but all of a sudden, I had a code blue go over the intercom for my department. I couldn't see what was going on, nor could I hear anything. The next thing I knew, a lot of nurses and doctors came to help whomever it was. When they came out to where I could see them, I saw a nurse on top of someone giving him CPR. I just couldn't take my eyes off the scene. Suddenly, I felt extremely cold and very faint. I found myself suddenly wanting to cry. I found out why that was the next day at work. I didn't know what had happened at first, but I realized that I had felt the patient's soul and spirit leave their body and their spirit had found its way to me. 
From that day until the day I left, my area was constantly freezing. I could never get warm. But everyone else's desks were nice and warm. So I knew that the person's spirit had attached itself to me. I'm not sure why, but I knew that the spirit of the person seemed to have found solitude and safety with me. No you just are so. so calm and collected about this, ma'am. <laughs> Casually a ghost attached himself to me, you know. It's a it's typical casual. Tuesday. She put, that's that's it for now. I may have one or two more, but I'll end here. Have a great week, ladies. If it takes a ghost, though, to be, like, a tiny bit attached to me to where I just won't be hot, like, ever, I might be a little open to it. Yeah. I would appreciate <laughs> if you weren't always so warm. Exactly. That could do it. You hear that, ghosties? It's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I have another one from Amanda. Hey, friends. I have another tale for you that I would like to share. I was working another security job after getting fired from my last one. I was working the swing shift from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. in a completely empty building and once the clock hit 6. Okay, so it's empty once the clock hit 6. Got it. Okay. When everyone had left for the day, it started out as a normal night. Nothing going on, nobody coming in, etc. When I would do my rounds around the campus to make sure everything was fine and nothing was out of the place, I always felt as though I was being watched. <laughs> no. When I would work this specific shift, I always felt off. It was almost as though I could get, I would get this very strange feeling as I wasn't alone, yet I couldn't put my finger on it. My first few nights of working the shift, everything was uneventful. Until I was at work one night, this night, I'm sitting at my desk downstairs on the main floor, and all was quiet. Everyone had gone home at this point, so it was just me in the building now. I'm sitting there, reading my book, and keeping an eye on the cameras. Next thing I know, I hear a ding. I look up and see the elevator doors open, but nobody gets off the elevator. But you can see. This continued <laughs> happening every night, multiple times a night. Every time no. this happened, I got the feeling that someone had left the elevator. I just couldn't see okay. them. This was the first time I hadn't been able to see the spirit. When I realized what was going on, I would just start nodding towards the elevator to let whomever it was know that I knew they were there. <laughs> I can, I know you were there. <laughs> I don't know. In Constantine, you're not like, wait, no, not Constantine. Wait, go on. I'll pick up the movie. <laughs> That's the end of the tale from her. She says later. That's the end. Oh, my God. There's a movie where there's, like, these demon things, and if you see them, they attack you. It's, like, an older movie, kind of like Constantine. And you're just making oh me God. think of Doctor Who with the, the no, angels. No, it's not Doctor you, Who. Because you have to make eye contact, otherwise they'll get you. Right. I'll figure it out, and I'll tell it on next week's episode. Just make sure to remind me. Okay. Okay. This is the last one. I have been so fucking excited. We've had this one in our inbox for a minute, but we wanted to get a good amount of listeners to tell us stories before we started doing one. Hey guys, here's my story and I hope you love it. It's a long <laughs> love. This is a case that is constantly on my mind that I am actually considering writing a book about. Do it. There are so many unanswered questions. The story is a little long, but there was so much information to include that there's that for some reason not in police reports, which I have seen and dissected myself. This is a former 911 dispatcher. Oh. Yep. And it says, P.S. I'm going to apologize now for whatever grammar mishaps there are, to which I say, I'm sorry for my reading capabilities. 
<laughs> great. What a great combination we have here. Besties. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Hello, you bad bitches. My name is Alyssa. <laughs> Feel free to use my name and my pronouns are she, her. Thank you. Please normalize pronouns and let us know. I was finally able to write to you after a really busy but refreshing week. The case I have for you is the disappearance and assumed murder of Joyce Alice Fisher. I could have given you a brief overview of what I already know, but that's not me. And I wouldn't be a bloodbather if I didn't dive in further. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I came across this case at work one night. For almost three years, I worked as an emergency dispatcher. One of those years, one of those years spent mostly on the night shift. At night, it can get pretty stale and to fight off the sleepy eyes. You find something to do, whether it's fuck with the officers and pull pranks. Mm -hmm. I want to hear stories about that. Or actually get the file cabinet organized, in quotes, again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> On this particular night, my partner and I were going through the file cabinets to make sure everything was in alphabetical order and in the right place. I spotted a worn-out envelope with the name Joyce Fisher written across the top. I pulled out the contents. The paper was that soft thicker, flimsy tan paper that I used to draw on as a kid. It was the entry of her disappearance from 1978. From the time she was entered into the National Crime Information Center to the day I was holding it in my hands, Joyce had been missing and presumed dead for 42 years. Cue the investigation. <laughs> my partner and I spent any quiet moments we had that night Googling and asking our coworkers questions regarding the case. For me, this is one of those cases that lingers in my mind. While that night we didn't get very many answers, I later did my own research after I left the department. On April 16, 1978, 28-year-old Joyce Fisher walked out of her parents' summer cottage on Indian Lake in Dowagic, Michigan. Oh, pronounce Do-wa-jack. I love Do you, Alyssa. <laughs> she put a little pronounce in there. <laughs> For the last time. Joyce had pale skin, green eyes, and blonde hair. She was last seen wearing a blue nylon jacket, a blue plaid shirt, and blue jeans. She had been living in Illinois, Illinois <laughs> with her parents <laughs> since the previous December when she left her job as a special education teacher at Dowajak Union Schools and filed for divorce. Joyce was back in the southwest Michigan area to allow her estranged husband, Jerry Fisher, to visit with their daughter as she did every two weeks. On this particular day, Joyce left the cottage around 3 p.m. to sign over a car title to Jerry. They met at Bell's Corner store where Joyce left her car and told the owner of the store she would be right back for it. Uh-oh. When Jerry returned, witnesses told police that he was alone. Joyce was never heard from again. After she got into that car. Excuse into me? Into his car. Mm-hmm. Jerry stated that he did, in fact, return Joyce to her car around 4 p.m. because she had brought along the wrong paperwork. However, the 1969 Buick she had arrived in remained at the corner store until after she disappeared, leaving no indication of struggle and no clues to where she had gone. You're a lying piece of shit. Seems questionable to me. To me. <laughs> Many people wondered if she maybe would have just taken off as she was under stress due to her looming divorce from Jerry. According to her family, she would never leave like that. Quote, everybody says there's no way she would go away and leave her family like that, especially her child. Poli this is the police told to Marshall Evening Chronicle. 
At the time of her disappearance, I it was known to her family that Jerry had abused her in the past, both mentally and physically. She was scared of him. Her father described Jerry as having, quote, a very volatile temperament. And her mother told reporters that Joyce, quote, wanted the nightmare to end. In 1979, Jerry was accused of beating his and Joyce's daughter. This incident caused him to lose custody of the child to Joyce's parents, and Jerry refused any visitation rights. Sounds pretty cut and dry, right? Yeah. Wife went missing and the husband did it? Case closed. Well, not so much. Jerry's entire defense was centered around the claim that Joyce was living a secret life. Jerry's attorney alleged that Jerry and Joyce were friends with two other subjects, and the four of them had become part of a drug ring that stretched from Dewajak to South and South Bend to Chicago. The allegation goes on to say that Joyce was trafficking cocaine and her disappearance was a direct result of the high-risk lifestyle she was living as the two other subjects involved were shot execution style in 1980. Ooh. What? Throughout the investigation, Jerry had made several ominous remarks like, I wouldn't worry about it. My wife is gone and nobody's going to find her. A witness told the Herald Pal Palladium, a jury convicted Jer Jerry, the jury convicted Jerry, <laughs> of involuntary manslaughter in 1988, and he was sentenced to seven and a half to 15 years before the court honored his appeal in 1992 due to the prosecutor not showing up for oral arguments, which is something that is very Cass County of them, but I will reserve my thoughts on that so I don't get sued. <laughs> on legal.com, where the court court's appeal decision is published, there is a comment at the bottom from someone claiming to be Sheldon Waxman, one of Jerry's defense attorneys. It reads, I was a defense lawyer. What should have been charged was conspiracy to murder. Unfortunately, the other conspirators were murdered. That's his quote. Okay. My grandmother, who is a lifelong resident of Dewajak, remembers his case, this case vividly. She says there was talk about the owners of the corner store actually covering for Jerry and helped him by feeding Joyce's body to the pigs on their farm. What the fuck? However, this is all speculation and rumors of the town. To this day, Joyce's body has never been found. We will, we will never know what happened to her. Oh, will we ever know what happened to her? Question mark. Perhaps not. And that's why it's so important to keep these stories alive. Joyce was a human being. She and her family deserve an answer. I know it was long, but there was so much to, to include. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope it keeps you questioning what really happened that day. I love your podcast, and I'm so happy to have found you lovely ladies. Toodles for now, Alyssa. Aww. I want that book. So if you're going to write this book, you got a girl to send it to. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I want to read that, and I want to look into this. Holy shit. Yeah, conspiracy for sure. Love it. Yeah. It could be conspiracy turn real, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that. It's kind of our life nowadays, though. It's like all the things that people have said could be conspiracies are just like, you know, that's proven, right? <laughs> Aliens. You know, they just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone we've ever yeah. made fun of for the aliens. Yeah, well, they're real. <laughs> they're real. I mean, I never didn't believe in them, but. At least there was that inkling of, like, maybe they're not real. <laughs> but then you think about the entire galaxy, and it's just like, Can't we man. are not the only There's things no alive. There's Shut no the way. fuck up. So, yay. I love that. And I'll, my reading will get better. 
<laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great today. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a good good? Mm, I made a friend out here in Minnesota. <laughs> and... Okay, wait. I don't want to, like... <laughs> Doxer, no, you know. <laughs> so her address is no. I'm just kidding. Uh, I met her while helping my mother-in-law at a store that we were there for like five hours, and we talked about cats and how we like the cold. To which I told her she would love the basement. That's so creepy. <laughs> so good. I know. We figured that out, but we laughed about it. And then I showed her a photo of my husband, and then she showed me a photo of her husband, and her husband is wearing. The 2019 Game Grumps Live t-shirt that you get when you go there, that you can buy when you go there, to which my husband and I were at, too. So, we're kind of both excited to go hang out with them, and they seem just the right amount of weird for us. I love that. I love that. <laughs> they also like to be asleep by, like, 10 p.m., which I also love. So, <laughs> here's for possible new friends. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> What's your good good? Um that well tonight but for you guys it'll be last night yeah i get to go see katie and celebrate her birthday so very yes. excited about that yes very exciting yeah yeah cool you don't have anyone new in your life or anything or are we not talking about that not going to talk about that yeah some <laughs> <laughs> men Okay, we'll catch you, babes, next week. This is what you say. You, I you usually, say that. yeah, I do this. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. If you want to keep up with us on our socials, it's at Bloodbath Podcast. And be sure to send in any of your bath bombs. We want to hear your creepy stories and also your good I goods. I want to read so many more. People should add their good goods to the end of that. That should be a stipulation. hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, we will catch you next week. Thanks again. But wait, there's more. Bye 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 b